This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. I am your host with the most. Some people say that some people is my wife. This is Brian Petrie. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. A little late. I usually record on a Monday. I'm recording on a Wednesday, partially because I was so stuffed up on Monday. I know you don't want to hear about me being sick, but I was stuffed up on Monday and I sounded bad. Um, I released the Easter episode with my buddy Steve. We did a little trivia. If you listen to that, thank you. It's a lot of fun doing those. I know it's a little different. I know if you if you <clears throat> are listening to a, a podcast called MMA Takes, you might not want um, trivia, dumb trivia at that. I mean, we did have MMA in there. We did have some sports questions and stuff. But I like mixing it up. I like having fun. It's like I'm a big trivia head guy. I like trivia. Um you know, you throw the office trivia at me, Parks and Rec, It's Always Sunny. Anything entertainment related, I'm probably going to fucking crush. I've always wanted to do like bar trivia, but kind of got things together. And in, in Cincinnati, there's all these, every Wednesday night, there's a bar up the street with trivia and stuff. But never really got a team together to do it. But that was a lot of fun. I, I've been wanting Steve to come in for a while. I mean, my my office is is pretty much complete now. I'm going to do a video tour. I don't know if I'll do the stories or if I'm actually, I'll probably do both. I'll probably shoot the video because you can just upload videos on the stories and they 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 make it a story or whatever for you. Technology. But uh, I'm going to do a video of the tour. I got pretty much everything up. I had a sign made. My wife, my beautiful wife, for Christmas this year, you know, we, we, we were like, you know, no gifts, whatever. We got each other a little something or whatever. I got her shoes and, and whatnot. She got me like a... Uh, a toothbrush or whatever, which is just telling me to brush my fucking teeth. But no, um, we, we focused all of our, our money and energy onto our little one because her first Christmas, she had the flu. And she's so small at that point, she doesn't really know what's going on. She doesn't open presents or anything. This Christmas was badass because like she knows what's going on. She ran out and it was awesome. So anyway, my wife, <clears throat> my wife, by the way, that's coming back. Borat's coming back. It got it got old for a while, and now it's coming back. So I'm ahead of it. So credit me if you start saying that again. But my wife is a is a is a lovely. She has her own company, Winnie James Co. Go to Etsy if you if you're listening to this. You have a daughter. If you have a son, she makes all these little baby accessories and everything like that. She's amazing. She's incredible. Super talented. Through that chain, she's meeting all these other incredibly talented people on Etsy and Instagram and whatnot. There's one woman who makes one in signs. We have one in our daughter's room. It's awesome. And Erica goes, well, I'm going to get him that for his office because I'm very proud of my, He's very proud of his office. I'm going to get him his logo made as a wooden sign. I'm a nosy fucking Nelly. I sniff it out and I make her. I didn't know what it was, but I make her tell me. So she told me and um, I was so excited. This was probably two weeks before Christmas. And I'm, I'm, I'm asking her, like, when's it coming? When's it coming? I'm like a little fucking kid. And this lady was like, you know, they were trading goods. Like Erica was, my wife was Erica. She was sending um, this lady like some, I don't know what it was, whatever it was. And then she was going to send the sign. So I'm like getting on her, like, get it made. I want this sign. I want to put it up on my wall, blah, blah, blah. I was so excited about it. Supposed to be my Christmas gift. I got it literally two weeks ago. So, yeah, I'm impatient as fuck. That was one of the hardest things I ever had to do was fucking wait 
on this sign, but I did it. I'm proud of myself. Um, and it's hanging on the wall right now. It's awesome. I got the Atlanta poster up framed on the wall. Thanks to my wife. She's again, kick ass. But I got a lot of stuff here. I mean, handmade desk. So I'm going to give a tour. It's a little office. It's a, it's a spare bedroom we have in the house. When we have another kid, this room is going to be, it's going to be gone. It's going to be the, the new babies. So I got to really soak it in, right? I got to really some, spend some time in here. That's why I love coming in here and doing the podcast, talking to you folks. But uh, it's pretty badass. So I wanted Steve over to see that. I mean, we're taking a long walk to get to the fucking story, Brian. Sorry, it's really, it's a, I don't have a lot to talk about. We're going to recap Russia and um, and we're going to we'll do the picks at the end of the show. There's going to be no top five. We're going we're to have one podcast this week since I did. I hit you with the trivia one. So I'm doing some long walks here because, you know, I'm trying to fill some time. I don't got a whole lot to talk about. There's not been a ton that has happened since Saturday uh, during the UFC. Anyway, Steve finally came over Saturday night, I believe. And uh, if you remember, if you listened to the Austin's episode, we did a hot sauce bet. And that motherfucker is so hot. It lit me up. You've ever watched, I, I've mentioned this before, but if you ever watched the hot one show, it's not the hottest sauce. It's like the third sauce. I don't remember. It was third from the hottest or whatever. It's called the bomb. They had it at um, Jungle Gyms, which is like, a, I don't know if you guys have those in your city. I don't know if it's exclusively to Cincinnati, but they got like all these crazy products. They had that there. I did a hot ones. Me and Austin did a hot ones one. Live on camera, it's on YouTube. I'll put it in the website if you guys want to see it, whatever. But um, so that was the bet with Austin. It fucking lit me up for 20 minutes. So I gave Steve the option. He chose leg kick. I'm a big boy, right? I kick hard. Um, Steve's got some big calves. He's got skinnier legs, but he's got some big calves. I got fucking tree chunk for legs. I got big legs. Most of my weight's in my legs and my cock. Um, just kidding about the legs. Um, so I kicked him. I kicked him hard, too. It was shin to calf. And uh, he took it well. He went limping or anything like that. I think a couple more he would have went down. But uh, it was very fun to do that. And uh, I like kicking my friends. Even at 32, 30, almost 33, when I get an opportunity to kick my friends, I'm going to take it. And he lost. I mean, he got smoked. I'm looking at the little scorecard right now. He got smoked in trivia. I'll give him a rematch if he wants. Um, he can flip it around and he can make questions for me. And then if I lose, he can kick me. I don't give a shit. But I like mixing it up every once in a while. You know, I've been... I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'm gonna bear my soul to you. I've been struggling to get people on here. Not not friends. I can get you know. Well, even friends. Like he Steve was five minutes away. I was like, you know, trying to get him to come see the house and everything, or come see the room. I mean, he's been in the house before. Was was tough. This guy's a busy man. But I've been DMing so many fighters. I I gotta imagine I'm on a list somewhere where they're like, if this dude DMs you, he's DMing me too. Just fucking cool it. I try to be polite. I try to be cordial. I've gotten a few nibbles. I haven't had a few. I haven't had a nibble in a while. Um, I mean, I'm trying everybody. Literally, well, not everybody. I'm not because I, I'm trying people who I think would be interesting. I'm not. I'm you know I'm not going for fucking like the world champs or anything. They're getting DMs left and right. It'd be awesome. I mean, I would love, trust me. I would love to have Dustin Poirier on, or I had lo- love to have Max Holloway on. But those guys are just. I mean, they're above what we're doing right now. So I've been getting these these guys that are on the way up, like I did Don Madge. I'll be forever grateful for Don Madge for coming on. But I'm trying to get some of these guys that are on the rise that I'm really big on, right? That might be one of my guys one day. I have a fun interview with them, and it's just, it's not happening, right? But the one thing about me that you need to know and that these fighters need to know is I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. It takes me 
three minutes to go over everything I say to you because I type it out and I, I go over it with a fine tooth comb, but it takes about three minutes. I got a whole bunch of three minutes in the day that I can fire off some messages to you if I, if I really need to. So don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I'm good to get somebody on. I'm going to try to get Chris on. Chris Curtis, he's fighting for a million dollars. He could be a millionaire. And he's fighting the former 185-pound champion in PFL in May on ESPN. So he's out in Vegas right now, so our time difference are a little different. So I want to get him on for sure. Have a nice little chat with him. He's a great dude and uh, want to talk about that upcoming fight. I need to reach out to him and stuff like that. But it's always fun to have guests. It's always fun to mix it up instead of me yapping along. And then, um, yeah, so... Again, long walks. We're taking long walks here because there ain't a whole lot to talk about. But we will get to UFC Russia. I did not do a pick em for this fight, a pick em podcast, I should say. I did fill out my sheet. I got a little sheet that I fill out, blah, blah, blah. Didn't place any bets. Um, I was late catching the fights. I kind of shit it all over the card anyway. I thought it was kind of dumpy. Um, I was going to tweet out a picture, but I got caught up on Saturday with some shit going on. So I did not tweet out a picture. So I do still fill it out. I filled it out earlier. Um, and I was hoping I didn't go undefeated. Like I filled it out probably Thursday and I picked all my winners and stuff like that. And, um, I was praying I didn't go undefeated because if I did, I'll be, I'll be sitting here bragging to you. Like I fucking went. 11 and 0 on my picks, man. And no one would believe me because I have no proof. I didn't do a podcast. I didn't send a picture out. It's my word versus an undefeated record. So I'm so glad I didn't go undefeated. I did go 7 and 4, which is a pretty good a pretty good thing. I was very entertained with the fights. I didn't know a lot of the fighters, a lot of those deep European Russian guys that really seemed to only fight on that side of the country on like a Saturday afternoon card. I don't know them all that well. Um, I got induced, I got introduced to a couple of these guys on Saturday, but the first, I mean, there was like what, two or three, two or three, uh, decisions, not many boring fights at all. It was very entertaining. It was very way better than I thought. I, I shit all over the card and it was really good, but I went seven to four of my picks. First fight of the night you had, um, my, I see this. I think this is also one of the reasons why I skipped it. Cause my, my pronunciation of these words are going to be so terrible. If you listen to the Steve interview, we did a little spelling bee or interview, a uh, little trivia thing podcast. We did a spelling bee, and the first word was uh, catastrophe. And I said catastrophe or, or catastrophe or whatever the fuck I said. I'm terrible at pronunciation, right? It's just not It's just not a strong suit of mine. With that being said, I do have a podcast. So, But the first fight of the night was Magomed uh, Musovev versus Rafael Fiziv. Uh, Rafael, Rafael, he was a... Um, I believe Turkish kickboxer, a guy who who had a lot of good kickboxing um, background and experience. He got rocked by a spinning back kick to the head. It was an awesome finish from uh, Magomed, who has a nice little decent UFC record. I think I mean he's got a record overall, fourteen three overall. Maybe he needs to step it up in competition instead of fighting you know kickboxers and stuff like that. Maybe we'll get this guy on a, a bigger card. After that, we had uh, Gasa. I mean, this is a fucking... Ant- Antikivov was his last name. I can't even pronounce his first name. Versus Michel Oxlovich. I fucking probably nailed that. But Mikhail was the guy that knocked out John Valente with a body punch. Very undersized for the division, but I was very confident he won this fight. He did. He knocked him out. Every time he touched Antikivov, he fucking put him down. With a left hook, put him down. Left uppercut, put him down. So, Michelle, this guy's fucking the real deal. John Vellante is no punk. Put him down with a body shot. He obviously hits crazy hard. He's got a powerful left hand. 
We'll love to see this guy maybe on ESPN against someone like Jimmy Manawal or another striker in that division that can really test him because he is a little undersized. And Jimmy Manawal is a fucking tank for 205. Does have a chin problem, but I think it'll be a good benchmark for him to see where he's at. Next up, you got Marcin Tabora versus Shamil Abadurakhimov. Abadurakhimov, um, I had him. I picked him. He won. I had the first fight, first three of the night, smoked him. Uh, he was the underdog over Tabora. Tabora uh, had better competition, but the guy fights really slow and ended up getting knocked out in that fight. And uh, it, it was a pretty entertaining fight for heavyweights. Next up, you got Alexander Yakovlev versus Alex Da Silva. I had Silva as the underdog. I got this fight wrong. Yakovlev was a guy, he uh, upset a Gray Maynard a while ago. I think it was his last win. He was coming in with two straight losses, hadn't fought in a while. Um, looked strong and good. At, I believe this was at 155, former welterweight. He looked strong and good at this fight. It was a competitive fight. Silva obviously gassed out a little bit, and he, I believe he got submitted. We got uh, next fight, we got Sultan Ali versus Kita Nakamura. Nakamura was my pick. I got him wrong. He was a sli- It was kind of a pick and fight. Sultan, a guy I was never really impressed with uh, in his fighting career. He retired after he won. He went out on top. Uh, lo and behold, he had a full time job the entire time he was fighting. Typically, guys that hold a full time job when they're fighting, that you're you're almost putting fifty percent in at that point. If you're making the UFC, that that mean more props to him for making the UFC and still having a job. He's not very active, and he decided to go out on top in his in his home country. I believe he was Russian. He he could be. You know, he's Russian. Okay. And the next fight up, we got Mosavov Ekalov versus Sing Wu Chu. Uh, Ekalov won. I actually missed this fight. I did not pay attention to this fight. Yes. Um, like I said, I was watching it late. Came in, I believe this fight was on when I caught them all, and then I had to go back. And this was one of those fights that kind of, you know, slipped through the crack. I was, yeah, I'm watching that. Little, I'm watching Little Baby. Uh, you know, Twitter was was popping. So, um, excuse me about that. Chris Jocko versus Alan Amadaski. Uh, Jocko looked good. Jocko's obviously had a chin problem. He's going American top team. He grappled his way to the victory. Not the most exciting victory in the world. No one's going to write home about this, but it was a good win. He needed that win. I think he's a talented guy. Um, he's obviously changed his game up a little bit, being that top team, which I think is a good thing. Um, I didn't know much about his opponent. His opponent was 6-0, and 8-0 maybe. I can't read. Yeah, he's 8-0. So, I mean, maybe a little bit more of a stiffer competition next to I think Jocko's on Twitter calling everybody out. So, the guy's obviously pretty happy with uh, with what he did. Next up, Antonio Shachenko versus Roxanne Montefiore. Roxanne Montefiore was almost a plus 300 underdog. She looked great. I underestimated her. I thought um, I thought Shachenko, Shachenko is a Shachenko, right? She's with a sister. She looked good on the Contender Series. Roxanne has always looked good in other organizations, and every time she's got her chance in the UFC, whether it be the Ultimate Fighter or even fights in the UFC, she's fallen a little bit short. But she's so tough. She's so talented. She is seems like the nicest person in the entire fucking world. She was awesome. I mean, she 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 was really awesome in this fight. She um, it it was it was a big win for her, and it was a huge win for her because Shatenka was, I mean, like people were talking about her being the next thing, um, you know, with, with training with her sister at this weight. So um, Roxanne put a big big hold on that. I believe it was a split decision, or maybe it was unanimous. I had her winning all three rounds. If I'm being honest with you. Roxanne completely dominated. She got she got marked up a little bit, but other than that, who gives a shit? She looked uh, she looked really good. So I'm very happy that Roxanne won because she is one of the good people in the sport. However, pretty pissed off I didn't pick her because even though I didn't gamble on this, I do like hold my hat on 
anything plus 250 when I catch him as an underdog. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I did not see this one coming. Ro- Roxanne looked uh, looked pretty good. And, you know, credit to me right there, too, for not singing Roxanne by the police. I would have fucking blew your speakers out. Uh, Devin Clark versus Ivan Shrikoff. That got canceled. Someone got sick. I don't know if it was Devin Clark or Ivan. Next up, you got Sergey Pazovich versus Marcelo Gom. Marcelo Gom is one of my biggest appointments. I won some good money on him in his UFC debut. The guy's been stinking up the joint ever since he stepped foot back after his UFC debut. Sergey Pazovich, he lost his UFC debut to Alex. Alex uh, what, what am I saying? Overeem. Jesus Christ. I almost said Alexander Overeem. Alistair Overeem. Pavlos does a real deal. He's a big, huge, stick Russian fucking polar bear. Hits hard. A little bit of a chin issue, I think. A little bit of a defense issue. But he, he, me and Marcelo Gomes not the biggest heavyweight in the world, so he took it pretty well and then ended up clipping Gom and knocking him out. It was, a, it was a pretty nice knockout there. And then the co-main event, you had um, Islam Machegov. Makachevov? Makachevov? I can't pronounce Russian names. Islam Khabib's guy training with Ade Ada AKA versus Armin Tosurekin, uh making his UFC debut. This was a fantastic fight. This was a really grappler's fest. Islam has been he's like Khabib. He very fights very Khabibi. You know, they have the very similar style, very heavily wrestling. And Armand really took it to him. It was a fairly close fight. I, I actually picked Armand. I got this fight wrong. Um I, I picked uh I picked um Sergey to win. I got that one right. But I picked Armand to win as a, as an underdog, and um I thought his skills who he trained with, his style, could maybe give Islam some fits because Cajun Johnson kind of gave Islam some fits. I know Islam finished Cajun Johnson, but he didn't look overly impressive to me. But Islam really showed up in this fight. I mean, the guy's grappling is on another level. Got to get this guy in America. Got to give him a top 15, top 10 now. Um, He's somebody to watch. Paul Felder kind of was like, I'll fight him, you know, which is a horrible matchup for Paul Felder, and I don't think Paul Felder necessarily needs to take that fight right now because he's he, he, he is a little bit higher but there's going to be a name out there for islam and there's, it should be on american soil or or maybe even london put it on a pretty big card really push this guy because i mean khabib started out like this where he threw on the radar and just dominating dudes and no one really paid him any mind islam needs to be get put on the forefront and if he's really that good i like to see it i want to see him fight uh fight the best in the world in the main event you had alexander overeem versus alexio lenick I had Overeem in this fight. I thought it was going to end the way it did. Took a little bit longer than I thought. Um, I thought Overeem, for, for some reason, I don't know if he's conserving his energy or not, but for some reason in that first round where Olenek was just going to the body, fucking Overeem just was taking deep breaths, letting him hit the body, and he and he wasn't throwing his, up as many knees as I thought he would. He ended up hurting him a lot with the knees, and that's how the finish came, but it was a really weird finish. I mean, I believe Olenek had a broken rib, or they said he, he he fractured his rib. And I know they're they're like buddies or whatever. They've trained together, and they're pretty cordial all week. But over him, almost didn't look like he wanted to finish him to the ground and didn't want to hurt him. But eventually he did and went down and finished him. It was a good win for Overeem. I mean, heavyweight division's wide open. Alistair Overeem, with all his losses, with the highlight real knockout he had, uh, I mean, he was involved in why. I mean, Francis Ganyu fucking almost killed him. And uh, with two quick wins like that, were Sergey Pavlovich and and then uh, and then uh, Alexei Olenek. Olenek was on a nice little run too. I mean, heavyweights wide open. Um, I I don't know who's next for Overeem. I would say Junior Santos. I would like to see that rematch, but obviously that's booked with the Ganyu. 
If Stipe wants to get active, if he doesn't want to sit out because Daniel and Brock might be working their stuff out, I know Dana did say that if Brock's not fighting, then Stipe's going to get DC. There's a lot of things to be to be worked out there, but I, I wouldn't mind to see Overeem Stipe rematch. I thought the first fight was, I mean, it's pretty conclusive. Over, I mean, Stipe knocked him out on the ground, but Overeem did drop him, had him in a tight choke. For some reason, thought Stipe tapped, which he didn't. I was there live. I saw the replay a thousand times. Didn't happen. But there's a lot to be made in the heavyweight division. It's kind of wide open right now. And I would like to see some bigger light heavyweights kind of go up. I think that's the move. You see a lot of these you know, guys at 155, you don't want to cut the weight, and they go up. I know that's like the average body size for most males. Not everyone is is, is big like that, but that's, a, that's the average body size. But if you're, if you're cutting weight, a lot of weight to 205, I think you got to follow the Daniel Cormier path, and, and you got to go up. I mean, heavyweight's wide open right now. One or two wins, I mean, you're, you're fucking right there. It's crazy. So UFC Russia, again... Shit it all over it. I thought it was a dog shit card, and it, and it performed more than well. I mean, I mean, listen, I'm excited about this Miami car coming up, or excuse me, Fort Lauderdale car coming up. Um, I think there's a lot of young talent on this that have been going over this. I think a lot of the fights are intriguing, but this car could be dog shit, and then the Russian car could have been better. You never know with MMA. That's what I love. It's like any sport, right? You watch a game, and you're like, oh, this could be a high-scoring game, and it's like 10 to 6. You know what I mean? Like in football, I mean. So it's like, you know, you, you can never predict it, with the sports, and that's why sports are so great. But MMA is really wild because I think a lot of people, like me, really slept on the Russian card and said how dog shit it was. And if they really went back and watched all the fights, they're like, oh, damn, this was actually a really good card and, and some really talented dudes. And even though they don't know the guys, they're pretty good. So, again, that was Russia. There's not a lot, uh, there's not a lot going on, guys. I mean, there's just really not. I don't like to cover... You know, matchmaking and people fighting this and, and and who tweeted who. And I got a couple things written down here, but it's really slow. It really is. I don't want to cruise through this. I enjoy talking to you guys. My wife and my daughter are downstairs right now straightening up. So I got I got some time. Um, you know, I got some time to to chit chat with you boys. Um, I don't know what, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> no. Uh two things that I want to talk about. One thing is as you know, last month I was in the hospital. I was in the hospital for literally a day and a half. I went in about seven in the morning and I stayed all night, all day that day, right? And then I checked out at um, the next day at like noon, right? So a little over 24 hours I was there. And they ran every test. I mean, it was a great hospital. Nurses, great. Doctors, great. I don't complain about any of that stuff. I had a nice room, um, everything, everything was fantastic, but I get a bill. I, 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 I work my comp. I haven't, I have health insurance. It's actually really great health insurance. Um, with what my, where I work at, they offer. And I have this, whenever I get it, before I get a bill, my insurance company sends me a thing like, Hey, this is what you might pay. Just be prepared for it. And it was like, and they showed like some of the basic charges I got. So for the a little over 24 hours in the hospital, uh, it was $22,000. That was what, I don't owe that. That's what was billed to my insurance. I said, what? What the fuck? 22 grand to be in there for a little over 24 hours. And again, doctors were great. Nurses were great. 
have no complaints about the hospital whatsoever, right? $22,000. Then they send me a bill, not my, uh, the same hospital, because the emergency room doctor ordered uh, like an e- EKG or ECG, whatever the electrocardiogram thing. Because when I showed up and, and I, I told them I coughed up a little bit of blood, they first immediately went to my heart. I got a bill for that. They charged me a separate bill, not not including the twenty two grand, a separate bill for like eighteen hundred, run out eight hundred bucks, and then um, for just that procedure in the emergency room. And then I got another bill or another thing from my insurance company. Go, hey, be on the lookout. This is what you might owe, and it said zero dollars. But my me being in the emergency room was a thousand dollars. So luckily. I have some amazing insurance, the 800 charge for the electrocardiogram, whatever that is, the heart monitor thing, whatever the fuck, I owe 10 bucks on that. No big deal. Okay. That's fucking pocket change. The emergency revisit, which was like a thousand something bucks. I owed nothing besides maybe a copay. I don't think I even owed a copay. The 22 grand. So now you got me in the hole. Cause I think it was actually probably like 1600 bucks plus the 800. So now you're looking at goddamn 20, almost 25 grand for a day and a half in the hospital. If you add those all up together, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a mathematician, but I think that's probably close to 25 grand. And then the bill that I got for that, I owe like a thousand bucks on a 22K sitting. So I'm not angry, but what the fuck? Who, if you don't have health insurance or if you have dog shit health insurance, how are you supposed to pay for that? If you get sick, like I didn't fucking plan to have pneumonia. No one plans to do anything, right? How do you get to pay for that? That's fucking like college payment. That's a fucking semester at a really good school. What is going on? That is nuts to me. Imagine if I didn't have health insurance. I mean, I know there's a way you can write it off and you might not have to pay it. And I know there's all these loopholes people can get through and all that shit like that. I understand that. But just imagine sitting there recovering from whatever you had. Let's say pneumonia that's what I had. Recovering from pneumonia, trying to get back to work, feeling better. You obviously probably don't work at, um, well, I wouldn't say that. But let's just say if you don't have health insurance, there's a reason you don't have health insurance. And it's 22K. Now, this isn't this isn't going to we need universal health care. None of that shit. I'm staying away from it. I'm just, I want to talk to you guys about, I was fucking shocked how much those bills were. I couldn't fucking believe it. And I'm very lucky that I didn't have to pay fucking 22K because, God damn, I'll never go to the hospital again. I could have fucking my lung hanging out my goddamn asshole. I ain't walking in the hospital and paying 22 fucking K. You can kiss my ass. So I was blown away by how much it cost. It was insane. And then my little girl, my little baby, my little Winnie's, she got sick on Sunday night, uh, a little bit of a fever, and she was acting a little different. Heart rate kind of seemed kind of high, so Eric and I freaked out, took her to her fucking children's. Cincinnati Children's is amazing. Best, one of the best uh, children's hospitals in the world. There's doctors that live, that aren't even from here, that live that work there because it's revolutionary. It's It's an amazing place. It truly is. But the emergency room is not, right? If we would have got a minute and all that stuff, it would have been incredible. But we had to wait like an hour and a half. Sick kids everywhere. Um, Winnie got seen by two different doctors. Checked out. She's fine. 
But I'm looking, I'm I'm excited to see because my daughter's obviously covered her my insurance. I'm excited to see that fucking bill. We wait, you're gonna they're gonna charge us probably a grand at least for sitting in the fucking waiting room. Probably another five hundred for giving us visitors stickers on the wife and I. I mean, it's it's crazy. I looked at the I looked at the breakdown of the bill. Uh sixteen hundred dollars for IVs. They're pumping me full of fluids when I was in there. $1,600 for that. For a bag of whatever the fuck. Huh? And how about I get some money back because I couldn't find my veins because I got thick elephant skin. Right? I got poked 50 times. Why don't you give me a refund? On, or are you going to charge me because you got to use another needle now? Or call in another nurse. You know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy. I respect nurses. I respect doctors. Nurses should get paid more than CEOs of companies. Nurses are lifeblood of the hospitals. 100%. But $1,600 for a fucking IV bag or a couple of them or however many you had. Fuck you. That's crazy. That's nuts. So that's about it right there. I mean, that's my little roundabout story. Uh, long walks. Um, let's get to some MMA news. I got like four things before we get to the Fort Lauderdale pick. So Jorge Masvidal or George Masvidal was on Rogan last week or the week prior. I can't remember exactly when it was. It was awesome. If you have listened to it, go listen to it. He is a guy I've known for a while. Never one of my guys. I never actively rooted against him, but he was never like, like a guy that I really gravitated towards to for whatever reason. But Always respect him. Thought he was tough as shit. His fight with Gilbert Melendez in Strike Force was awesome at 155 at title. Love that he came over to the UFC. He's looking in the UFC. Love that he went up to 170. I thought that was the perfect move for him. Um, I mean, he's. I love his persona. I love. The, I mean, it's not even a persona. I love the way he is. I mean, he's real. He was on Rogan. It was awesome. When they started talking about Ben Askren, it was great. Don't have much to say about it. I'm not gonna like quote the fucking thing, but go listen to it because. You know, I've always been a fan of him or, you know, I've always like enjoyed Jorge Masvidal, but now he's like a fan. He's not going to become one of my guys, I don't think, unless he knocks out Ben Askren, wants to be crazy and then goes and, well, Ben Askren's not my guy, but if he knocks out Askren, then he's going to fight my guy Usman. So I can't root, I can't root against Usman, but Masvidal, very fun interview with Rogan. It's only, it's a little, it's a short, it's not like a five hour interview like Rogan does, it's about two. And then uh, speaking of my guys, <sighs> God damn, I've had a rough week with some of my guys, right? Connor's in trouble every five minutes. BJ Penn is um had a restraining order put on him against his lady. She said he does drugs and, and makes sure I have sex with other people and he and he hits her and he sexually abuses her. The kids cry whenever they gotta go see him because he's mean to the kids. Now it came out that he uh somewhere in Hawaii, I guess, you know, he he owns like fields and stuff. He makes his own like poi or whatever the fuck that is. A neighbor was on his land or vice versa, and he apparently chased him with a machete or showed a machete to him and threatened him or some shit like that. And there's a lot going on with my guys right now. I mean, I'm not going to tell you. I mean, a lot going on. And Darren Till might not be taking that knockout as well as I thought. Earlier last week or maybe even two weeks ago, he was posting pictures. He's back in the gym. Had a nice little vacation. He's posting on Instagram, you know, him and his lady, you know, eating. He looks, you know, well over 200 pounds. And then he kind of went quiet on social media. And then it came out that he was in the Canary Islands, which is Spain. And he, him and his buddies destroyed a hotel room. And they stole a taxi. 
So he didn't get arrested, or maybe he did get arrested, but he owns like a fine. He has to pay a lot of money to fix everything and make it right. And, and I don't think he'll serve any jail time or anything like that. But man, I can't catch a break with my guys. I mean, that's I mean, that's not as bad. I mean, if the you know, if if you're hitting women or if you're, you know, obviously sexually assaulting women or anything like that, then obviously you're you're off my team. You're off, you're not you're not one of my guys anymore. But, you know, he's a young dude. Got drunk with his buddies, destroyed a hotel room, and then stole a fucking taxi cab. I mean, it's, it's it was a wild night. Must have been. Just glad no one got hurt. I mean, I'm at a fucking square. Sounds like he had a good fucking time. If the guys got the money to pay for a smash hotel room, why the fuck not? Rock stars do it. They get praised about it. I think it's a little different because Darren Till is viewed as like a violent figure, and he could fucking rip your head off if he wanted to. So it's maybe viewed a little differently, but... You know, it is what it is, right? It's a tough look, though, for one of my guys because just getting knocked out, knocked out and not handling it that well and obviously getting boozed up with your buddies. Now, if it was a bachelor party, if it was anything like that, then I think you got to cut the guy some slack. He's going to make amends. He's going to pay for it. you probably apologize and all that shit. But if you're out there just fucking destroying hotel rooms for the hell of it, then, you know, maybe you need a little self-reflection there, their detail. But, uh, yeah, rough, rough week, two weeks for a couple of my guys. Another thing that's going around, a lot of people are talking about, is Conor McGregor did a boxing exhibition in Dublin. I think they went four rounds. And then in a draw, there was going to be no winner. He did it at his very first boxing club, Crumlin Boxing Club in Dublin. You know, it, it clearly was It was a clearly like a sparring session. The guy he boxed is coming out now saying Conor McGregor cheap shot at him and that he's going pro because he lasted with Conor. It's like the little videos I've seen of it, the little 30-second clips, it's clear that I mean, they were throwing maybe 60%, but it, no one was malicious. And they all posed for pictures afterwards. It was like a charity event type deal. And it's like, you know, no one's knocking anybody out. They're just fucking, you know, they're doing what they're doing. And uh, this guy's getting a little bit of 15 minutes of fame, so he's kind of run with it. So whatever. But yeah, so um, for some reason, that became kind of a story. I guess Connor, well, anything Connor does is a story. I mean, I'm fucking talking about it right now. So it is obviously a story, but. You know, wasn't that big of a deal. I didn't like how that guy came out, whatever the fucking fighter's name was. He's not going to get famous off this podcast, so I won't remember your name. Came out and was like, hey, he sucker punched me. And and we went to a draw, and TMZ ran with it. Like, it went to a draw, everybody. Like, maybe Connor's not that good. No, it's going to end in a draw anyway because it's for fucking charity. Shut the fuck up. Um, two little things here. Paulo Costa. I mean, I mean, Right? He, he's got to be on steroids, right? I mean, I follow him on Instagram and he was doing like deadlifts or dumbbell lifts or something. I don't know. I work out. And uh, he is fucking huge. And then Yol came out and said the reason they didn't fight was because he got busted for steroids. His team came out and said, yeah, right. Not me. No fucking way. He went on aerial on Monday and said he's never used steroids. Don't put steroids with me. And then Jeff Nowinski, who there was some kind of problem with his findings, with his testings by USADA, he came out and said, listen, we're not done with that case yet. I can't comment on it because it's an ongoing thing. So he's not in the clear. He's not guilty. He's not anything. But I think there's a reason why Paulo is not getting booked for fights right now because apparently he has a stomach problem. So when he cuts to 185 pounds, um, something happens where he has to take medicine for his stomach. And I guess they're saying that the testing that might have been like red flagged or whatever could have been from the stomach medicine. Ah, 
I mean, I call bullshit on that 100%. I think that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, dick pills and for a 25-year-old man like John Jones, that's what you found. Like, come on, dude. Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, the stomach thing. I mean, listen, your doctors are giving you whatever they're giving you allegedly, and they go, listen, just say, just blame it on your stomach medicine. And, you know, hopefully, I don't know. But if you look at this fucking guy, right? This dude. Are you kidding? I mean, he's fucking huge. Like, Yo Romero's big, too. But this guy, I mean, my buddy called Steve calls him Brazilian Superman. That's what he fucking is. It's sickening. It's sickening. Final thing here before we do the picks. <sighs> Brendan Schaub. Listen, man. I, I, I've had mixed feelings in Brendan Schaub for a long time. Right? I've expressed that many times on podcasts. He's probably the guy I talk to most about next to maybe Errol Hawani. I've already admitted that there is some jealousy for on my end, obviously, because he's in a lane that I want to be in. I don't want to be a stand-up comedian. I don't want to be, well, I mean, on the E-red carpet or anything like that. I don't want to fucking live in LA. But I would love to work for Showtime, work at the interview fighters and, and, and be kind of like the cool because he's a cool guy, he's a good looking dude, well dressed, all that, you know, has a success successor where I would love to be in that lane because I think he's doing it right. And he has a lot of ears. People listen to him a lot. People I don't listen to his MMA podcast. I used to listen to Fighter Kid, but not so much anymore. But I do follow them on social media and I'll get clips here and there. Um I brought this up maybe two weeks ago. He really ripped the pay-per-view format of for the UFC, which I think is Stupid. So he's done it twice now. Apparently, the UFC 236 only did about 300k pay-per-view buys because it's the first transition to the the platform with ESPN Plus. He had trouble watching it, so he legally downloaded, he legally streamed it. He is now saying that since he had trouble, most people had trouble, and that's why the pay-per-view numbers were down. And he thinks that Adesanya Stylebender should get paid for the illegal streams as well. Because say they did, because I'm sure there's a number out there they can find, they did 300K pay-per-view buys, but 2.5 million illegal streams. That's the dumbest fucking argument I've ever heard, right? The UFC is a giant, giant company with a ton of marketing behind them. They have ESPN behind them. They knew going into this big major switch... A lot of people were going to get hung up and not realize how to order the fights. People are fucking stupid. It's going to take them a while to figure out, oh, I got to order here now instead of my cable box. I got to use this remote instead of this remote. Now, to monetize illegal streams is so stupid. There's no way to do it. The UFC is cracking down on that. Guys have been arrested for pirating. I know people who have downloaded illegal streams. I download illegal streams, or not download, I stream fucking boxing matches. I stream Crawford versus Khan over the weekend. But I always give my money to the UFC because that's, that's just what I, and you can't trust the stream, right? If they go out, I'll freak out. I need to watch the pay-per-views. I don't trust them. I know a lot of people that do it. Again, I'm not like one of these guys like, oh, you should buy the pay-per-view. You should give these fighters some money. But again, Brendan Schaub's one experience, one time, He's now influencing all his listeners to do the to, to stream or legally stream it instead of 
figuring out the ESPN Plus thing. And then he's trying to put it in to other people's heads that Stylebender and these guys who are now getting points on pay-per-view should get points from the illegal streams. Now, I might not have his argument completely right because I, I'll admit when he did say that, I shut him off. I said, dude, I can't even listen to that. What are you talking about? You can't get a cut if the UFC's not making a cut. Let's stop the illegal streaming. ESPN Plus will grow. 236 was top heavy, so I knew it wasn't going to be a 1.8, 1.2 million pay-per-view buy. I thought maybe around 500K. 300K is not bad. A lot of those guys probably aren't super big needle movers. Um, I know Max Holloway and Josie Aldo did okay on pay-per-view. Dustin Poirier, I don't think, ever headlined on pay-per-view. He's always been the co-main. Stylebender and Gaslam, a lot of people tuned in for that. But the rest of the card was very thin. There were some fantastic fights. A lot of fighters that I really enjoy, but they're not like huge sellers. They don't. It wasn't like a mega card. So to put that out in the universe and, and have your the people who are watching you and listening to you kind of believe that and, and sympathize with that is crazy. Stylebender is, I was at the arena. I talk, I interact with MMA fans. That guy is a bona fide superstar. The next time he headlines with Robert Whitaker, whether it be Abu Dhabi or Australia or New Zealand even, they're going to make money. Guaranteed. People, the human race, the people of the world will eventually figure the fuck out. I got to order through here now. They already have my credit card information because I already pay five bucks a month. Just charge it to that. Just hit two buttons. You're done. I know it's going to probably have some hiccups. Brandon Shop obviously had a problem. So he's been talking about it for the past two weeks. But shut the fuck up. You don't always have to have the answer to something. You don't run an organization. You don't run anything. Three, four years ago when I was listening to the podcast, your podcast, you told all these people the only way to make money is you got to sell t-shirts. They don't even fucking sell t-shirts anymore. I thought that's how you made money. You've been a fucking college football. You went to the NFL, failed. Became an MMA fighter. Obviously, I wouldn't say you failed because you made it to UFC, but you didn't like really make it, make it. You know, you never got a title shot or anything like that. You had some good wins, but you quit that. And now you're a comedian. I, I'm, I'm really curious to see his stand-up. I've never seen clips of it. Um, I respect what he's doing. He's opening his own lane up. Again, there's jealousy on my side. I'm not going to fucking... I'm not hating on the guy because I'm jealous. I'm hating on him because I think he says the stupidest thing sometimes. I truly do. I think some of the things he said, somebody gasses him up. I know he likes to take his little shots at the UFC, the Dana Whites, all that. He has a big platform to do that. But... I think two weeks in a row now, he's been harping on this ESPN Plus thing. He's got to realize it's changing. Streaming's the future. They're going to figure it the fuck out. Okay? Now, again, if I go order the fights, the next pay-per-view, and my ESPN Plus don't work, you're damn right I'm going to come here and complain about it. But I'm also not going to say, oh, Stylebender needs to get points off the illegal streams. Go fuck yourself. All right. So that's really it for the portion of me babbling on and on. So this episode is obviously going to be a little longer. We're sitting at about 43 minutes right now. So I got to break down the card for Fort Lauderdale. Um, actually, you know what? I got to look up these. There's a lot of uh, a lot of numbers I don't have here yet. So a lot. Okay, well, a lot of lines aren't uh, aren't open yet. But 
we'll do the best we can. Um, so I will take a short break, but you guys won't know that. You won't know. You're going to think I, I sat here the whole time and did it. But we'll take a short break, and then we will get to the fights. So that little jingle lets you know that it's fight picking time. New little jingle, new little wrinkle added to the makes me want to talk like this. All right, so we have Fort Lauderdale, was in Miami, was a set card. Um, I still like the card. I like the the improvisation in the main event. I do think Jack Hermanson is a real interesting guy in this in this division. I really truly do. So um we'll break it down top to bottom. I'll give you my picks. Some of the lines aren't out yet, so we'll we'll improvise with that. Um, I will say I'm very happy that a gentleman that I have been seeing his praises for a while is on this card. We'll get to him when we get to him. So first fight of the nights is going to be Court McGee versus Diego Lima. Finally, some fucking names I can say. Court McGee is 19-7. He's a minus 170 favorite versus Diego Lima, who is 13-7, who is a plus 140 underdog. So... Uh, I'm not crazy about this fight, if I'm being honest with you. I think Court McGee probably, realistically, probably shouldn't be fighting in the UFC, if I'm being completely honest with you. same go. I would say the same goes with Diego Lima, but he went through the Ultimate Fighter twice. I believe he made the finals twice, if I'm mistaken. Diego Lima does have a little bit of a chin problem, a little bit of a, you know, he's definitely not his brother. I'll say that. His last time out, though, he fucking he costed me a parlay, and and it's and I'm I'll never forgive him for as long as I fucking live. I'll never forgive fucking goddamn Diego Lima. Yeah, so again, I've I've never been like the biggest fan of Diego Lima because I I I just don't think he's all that great. Um, obviously he does have some talent. I do think he has some skills. I'm not stupid, you know. Even though a lot of people say I am, I'm not. But um, Diego Lima, who do you, he came out like? Okay, yeah, so he beat Chad Labrie, knocked out Chad Labrie, um, his last time out, and then he has a loss to Yushin Okami, he has a loss to Jesse Taylor, he has a loss to Jing Lee Jing Ling, and then Tim Means. Tim Means and Lee Jing Ling knocked him out. He got subbed by Jesse Taylor, decision lost by uh, Okami, and then a big knockout win by Labrie. He was basically fighting for his job his last time out. Court McGee, on the other hand, this guy constantly gets decisions. Hand it to him. He's a grinder. He's impossible to stop. He's a good chin. I know he's been knocked out before, but the guy just keeps coming forward. Not the most exciting guy in the world. His last win out, he beat Alex Garcia, which I got wrong. He was going to win that. After that, he lost to Sean Strickland, Ben Saunders. He beat my boy Dom Steele, a.k.a. Dom, Dominic Action Pack Steele, who saved my life with Chris Curtis. Um this is such a tough fight to pick. Really, I mean, this is like this is a perfect fight to start the night because I just really don't care about it. Um, I'm not into it at all. However, Diego Lima is a plus 140 underdog. I think it's a pick 'em. Um, it, it it truly is. The consensus here on the betting is it's 51 to 49, leaning towards Court McGee. I get nothing betting Court McGee. But you get a nice return betting Lima, and, I, and I'm feeling itchy. I didn't bet last week because I knew I was going to see most of the card, and then I had to catch up on it and all that shit. So feeling itchy. I'm ready to bet and gamble. So I'm going with Diego Lima, and believe it or not, I, mean, I, I don't have – well, hang on. Hang on a second here. I'm doing this on the fly, by the way. 
Alrighty. So, I said I was picking Diego Lima, huh? All right. And with that being said, the underdog pick. He's the underdog pick, Diego Lima. It took me five minutes to find that. I said I didn't fly. I probably should have edited it, but go fuck yourself. So Diego Lima as an underdog, plus 140. I just think you're not gonna you're not gonna benefit anything by taking Court McGee. There's a good chance Court McGee is gonna do Court McGee things and just fucking, you know, push him against the cage and have a high pace. But I, I do like Diego Lima in this. Next up, we got Angela Hill, the funniest and maybe, well, yeah, I wouldn't say hottest, but definitely the funniest uh female on this list. She is eight and five. She is a minus four hundred favorite. Versus Jody Esquibel. She's married to Keith Jardine. She's a plus 300 favorite. I had no lines the other day on this. I should write that down. I did not think Angela Hill was going to come in this heavy. Um, because she got smoked uh, not too long ago by Random Marcos. As an as a, a favorite too. Um, Vegas obviously doesn't like Jody at all. I think this fight's a lot closer than that. Angela Hill, I think... Is kind of one-dimensional. She's very good at that one dimension, but I do think she's one-dimensional. The fight goes to the ground. She kind of freaks out. If it doesn't go her way on the feet, she kind of doesn't like that as well. Jody's a little more well-rounded. However, Angela, I do think, has a higher cardio pace. Angela is better standing. I hate this line. Absolutely do not touch this. If you're feeling itchy, bet Jody because plus 300 is nuts for her. I mean... I mean, Angela Hill's eight and six. She's 34. She hasn't really got off to a great start in the UFC. I mean, she was a Victor champion and all that. But uh, Jody's with Jackson. I would bet Jody 100%. And I'm feeling good on Saturday night. I'll throw a couple shekels on her. However, my official pick will be Angela Hill. I do think, uh, you know, I'm playing it safe here, right? I'm trying to pick Angela Hill. I'm trying to get my numbers up. I'll stay away from this fight all day long. I won't, I don't like it. I don't like it. Next up, we have Jim Miller, who is 29 and 13. He is a minus 145 favorite versus Jason Gonzalez, who is 11 and 4. So plus 125 underdog. This fight's interesting because a lot of people are picking the underdog in this. A lot of people like Jason Gonzalez. Only probably, not only, but probably because Jim Miller has looked so bad in his last times out. Jason Gonzalez is uh only or not only fight. His last fight. In the UFC was to Gregor Lepsey, and Gregor Lepsey submitted him in round two. He has a win over J.C. Contrell and then a loss over Judober. He got knocked out by Judober. Um, I don't know a ton about Jason Gonzalez, so I'm being honest with you. I know Jim Miller is in need of a win. I'll always root for Jim Miller. This line is super close. It's so hard for me not to tech, take that plus 125 on Jason Gonzalez because I feel, I feel like it's stealing. He's a younger... Um, Less experienced, but younger, bigger guys. 6'2", 155. It's a big, big for that division. Um, he's fought, obviously, some tough guys. He got submitted by Gregory Lepsey. However, Jim Miller's burned me in the past whenever I bet it for him against him. He's, he's one of my kryptonite guys. I usually stay away from him when I'm betting. I will not bet this fight, even though I think Jim Miller does have a nice little number next to his name. Even he's a favorite at my 2045, I think that's might. Go down a little bit. I think it's going to be closer to a pick I think they'll both probably be in the minus um, come fight night if my prediction is correct. But um, I really like, uh, not really like, excuse me. I really like Jim Miller as a person. I kind of like him in this fight. So I'm picking Jim Miller, even though he's a slight favorite. 
He was at 160 the other day when I wrote this down. He is now at 145. So it's moving a little bit. Um, I know a lot of people see plus 125 on on Jason Gonzalez against a guy like Jim Miller, and they and they get a little bit of a boner. They're like, "Ooh, free money," which is what happened to me um, just a second ago. But I, I, I'm I'm going to go Jim Miller. I'm picking Jim Miller. I'm 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 picking Jim Miller. Next up, you have Gilbert Burns, who was 14 and three, no betting line yet against Mike Davis. This is the guy I'm talking about, seven and one. Again, no betting line. I imagine Gilbert Burns is probably going to open up as a big favorite. Mike Davis making his UFC debut. The reason I love Mike Davis, he was really highly touted. He was a huge favorite coming into the contender series. He ran into a guy named Sadiq Yusuf, who was maybe at a plus 400 when they fought. Mike Davis had the wrestling credentials. Mike Davis had amazing boxing. He's a fucking warrior. I hate when people say that. Why did I say that? Oh, God. Anyway, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't know Mike Davis personally at all. I was super impressed with him. Even in the losing effort of Sadiq, he got dropped multiple times by Sadiq. And he still hung in there tough. Great wrestling, great double legs, good boxing. Needs to work on his defense a little bit. He's fighting Gilbert Burns, who has a lot of power in his hands as well. He's wild. He's fantastic on the ground. If he goes to the ground, I'm going to be a little worried. But I think Mike Davis, I think he's going to be a pretty big underdog here. Let me see if any website has him. Let me see. Okay. I'm on the, I'm on the wrong page here. Wrong page. Let's see. Let's see if any. Okay. Not one sportsbook has him. Not one. Okay. So that hasn't, no one has him as anything yet. If I had to guess. He would probably be in the plus threes. I hope he's higher. I'm putting all my eggs in the Mike Davis basket. I'm really I don't get impressed by a lot of guys' losses, but I'm telling you, he he showed a lot in that Sadiq fight. Sadiq is undefeated in the UFC. A lot of guys are talking about him at 145, at 155, whatever it is. Mike Davis took this fight on short notice too. I thought I had written down there. I, this is his debut. I don't know who. Gilbert's supposed to fight, but Mike Davis took this on short notice. Maybe that's why he's up a weight. Man, I'm picking Mike Davis. I don't know the line. I'll update you on the line. I love this fight for Mike Davis. Gilbert Burns is a guy who is a little bit chinny, wild, heavy hands for sure. Fantastic on the ground. Don't fuck with him on the ground. But Mike Davis is good wrestling and great boxing. And if he only cannot get hit, because I think if he gets tagged by Gilbert, he could get dropped, gets dropped, falls and get to a guillotine, but... I'm all in on Mike Davis for this fight. I hope he's a huge, huge underdog. Mike Davis, take it to the fucking bank. Underdog, where you at? Nope, oh, nope. There you go. Give me the underdog sound for Mike Davis. God damn it. Next up, you got Carla Espaza. She is 13 to 6. She is fighting Vima. Let me see what this girl's name is. Uh, Vina Jaroba. She's obviously Brazilian. She's 14 and 0. She's a minus 130 favorite. Carla Sparza is 14 and 6, and she's a plus 100 underdog. I love Carla Sparza in this fight. I really do. I know the girl's got a nice little record next to her name. Hasn't fought super top competition. She's good on the ground. She's good submissions. Carla Sparza continues to surprise me. She beat Claudia the day earlier when they fought. I don't care what anybody says. She's been a huge underdog before. I like Esparza in this. I didn't have a line for this, but I will write it down now. They didn't have this the other day. Um, 130. Okay. 
I like Carla Esparza. Carla Esparza can do it all. Her striking's getting better. Her wrestling's fantastic. Her submission defense is good. Her own submissions are good. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy into this 14-0 padded record for a girl coming in who's probably fought some nobody. So give me Carla Esparza. She's a former fucking champ, by the way. Remember that. Next up, you got Andre Orlovsky, who's 27 and 17. He's a plus 120 underdog versus Augusto Saka, who is a minus 150 favorite. He's 12-1 and 1. Um you know, I don't know what Andre's coming into this. Andre, his last few times out, he's shown like a chin from fucking hell. Can't knock him, can't knock him out. Drops a little bit, but gets back up. He's fighting very patient, but he's also looking very slow. Augusto Saka, um, I believe he's undefeated in the UFC. Um, let me see. I I don't know a ton about him. Okay, yeah, so he knocked out Chase Sherman in round three. Um, I remember that fight now. Didn't blow me away, but he obviously has power. And um, I like his power. I like his record. I like his size. I like his youth. I mean, Andre lost. He's 40. He's had many, many fights. Give me Saka. I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. Give me Augusto. That's way better sounding. Give me Augusto in that fight. Probably a finish. If I'm betting that fight, I probably only bet prop. I probably go, won't go the distance. I, 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 I find a hard time seeing this go the distance. But uh, we'll find out. Next up, you got Tazaki Soto, who's 14-2 versus Ben Saunders. Soto is a minus 220 favorite, and uh, Saunders is a plus 175 underdog. I do not know much about Soto. I know he's very highly touted. He's got some good wins on his record. He's making his UFC debut. He was a little higher the other day. Some sports books have him as high as 250. Um. He's got a good game. You know, he's he's got a good he's got a good size to him. He's got a good game. Ben Saunders is big for this weight. It's a very competitive weight. Saunders, though, I think this might be his last ride. I believe he I don't know if he's a Florida guy, but he definitely trains out of Florida. He definitely trains on American top team, South Florida, whatever. So I think this might be his last fight. I think if he loses, <clears throat> excuse my voice going out. I think if he loses, it'll be it for him. And uh, one of the real good guys in the sport. Hopefully he gets like a coaching job at American Top Team and, and continues to do the sport because he seems like an awesome guy. But I'm picking Sato. I'm taking the hype. There's not just enough. I haven't seen enough from Ben to really get behind Ben. But listen, if he clinches and throws those knees, Japanese fighters haven't done uh, extremely well coming over. And that might be super racist because I don't know if he's Japanese or not. I assumed he was. Um, let's see here. Tokyo, Japan. Yeah, fuck you, racism. Um, yeah, but you know, anybody can get caught by Ben Saunders' knees, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to take the hype. Um, I've seen some video on this kid. I think he looks good. But again, you know, Japanese guys, when they come to UFC, that, you know, Sexy Yama and, and, and Rest in Peace Kid Yamamoto and several others have came over and, and they just haven't done all that great in the UFC for whatever reason. I, you know, the coming West is hard. Coming West is hard, guys. Next up, we have, I'm really looking forward to this fight, Thomas Guilford, who's 17-7, and seven, plus he 300 favorite versus Roosevelt Roberts, who is 7-0, minus 400 favorite. I don't like Roberts being that high, but I will bet this fight, and I will pick Roberts. I'm picking Roberts to win. I don't know enough about Gifford. I think he's a tough guy. He's been around for a while. Um, but Roberts is, is just, I think he's has the total package. His submission, his UFC debut was insane. He 
creates distance really well. He's tall for the division. He's long. He throws pretty, really, really good straight punches. Doesn't get hit all that well. Good wrestling, good submissions. Um, I think it's going to be a real... Beat Roosevelt Roberts is, is going to take a really high pace. I don't think Giffords could be able to do that. I think Roberts is going to kind of take advantage of this fight and really do what he wants to do. I don't like minus 400. I wish it was a little bit closer to the twos. But I'm going to take it anyway. I'll throw him in my parlay. I'll throw him in like my guarantee win parlay. I need to win money. I need to get on top of it. But yeah, I like Roosevelt Roberts in this fight pretty handily. Next up, probably another fight. I mean, this is maybe the people main event or maybe the MMA takes main event. John Lineker is 31 and 8. He's facing Corey Sanhagen, who is 10 and 1. Uh, Lineker is a minus 145 favorite. Sanhagen is a plus 115 underdog. I DM Corey Sanhagen or Sanhagen, excuse me, David Lynn If you know that joke, then respect. Um, I DM'd him because he's, he's an interesting cat. You know, he just came out this week and said he fights like Dominic Cruz, but he, he stole a style from Cruz, but he thinks he's a little bit better. This is a guy that almost got his arm ripped off. This is a guy that's got crazy strikes. He called for Lineker. They were supposed to fight before Lineker got hurt. Sanhagen took a short notice fight against whoever. And smoked him, and now he wants Lineker again. Not a lot of people are probably knocking on the door to fight John Lineker. The guy is powerful. The guy is strong. Chin for days. Good cardio at 135. Um, he can get outpointed, though. I think that's going to be the, the goal for Corey Sanhagen here. He's, he's long. He's tall for the vision. He's going to outpoint him. He's going to he's gonna um, jab, 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 move, 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 um, and, and just not really fall into the game. Lineker is the shorter guy in most of these fights. He knows how to create distance. He knows how to close distance. He's really good when you're against a cage. A lot of people think this might be a big leap for Corey because, I mean, Lineker's got almost 40 fights. This will be his 40th fight. Sanhagen's only got 11. But I like the team he's training with. I like his confidence, and he wants this fight. You know, Lineker doesn't think of this as like a big fight. Sanhagen does, which I really, really like. I like Corey. Hopefully... He blew me off because he's in training camp. I admit, I DM'd him like a week ago. Hopefully, he's like, listen, I'm going to get back to this guy after I win. I'm going to go on this podcast on a fucking victory tour. Well, you bet your ass if he wins, I'm DMing him again and going, hey, let's pop some bottles on the fucking on the fucking thing. So anyway, I'm picking Corey. That's an underdog. Um, nice little kickback there. I tell you what, if I if I get Corey and I get Mike Davis, whatever line he lands at, as a little parlay, a little two for one there. I'm gonna be sitting pretty. But you were sitting real pretty. I don't know how much I'm gonna I'll I'll sleep on it. Today's Wednesday. And I'm sure Corey or Mike Davis's line will come out Thursday or Friday, hopefully. And uh and then maybe I'll rush and place my bet right away so I don't fucking think about it. But I like those two a lot. All right, next up we got Glover Texier, who's twenty eight and seven versus Ion Kutalaba. Who's 14 and 3. This is a pick on minus 120 for Texera, minus 110 for Kutalaba. Um, this is well, I had him. Okay. So Texera the other day when I wrote this down was a minus one, or excuse me, a plus 140 underdog. Unless I completely fucked up. Um, maybe he still is, and I just read it wrong. Nope. Okay, so he's even across the board. Maybe I just fucked up. I don't know where I got plus 140 from. But uh, I like Texera in this fight. I think Texera is a guy that is hard to bet against against some of these new up-and-coming light heavyweights that haven't really been battle-tested. I think Kutalaba is very tough, very powerful, very strong, 
Um, he's looking at a lot of his UFC fights. Um, it's just so hard for me to bet against Texture. I know Texture is getting older and everyone slows down, but I mean, Kutalaba lost to Jared Cantonier and he lost to Mika Serkinov by submission. I think Texera is going to maybe get it out of his head that he's only a boxer and really take his fight to the ground. I think that's where he can dominate. I think he does have good submissions, good head arm and triangle chokes, good guillotine chokes. He's very strong on top, very powerful, good grappler, underrated grappler. I like uh, Texera. I don't really know if he's an underdog or not. I like the fucking jingle because I went and found it on my computer. So um, we're playing it. Um, but yeah, I like Texera a lot. I'm actually really confident in that pick. Next up, we have Alexia Cowboy Rivera, who's 19 and 5 and 1. He's a minus 180 favorite. He's facing Mike Platinum Perry. He's 12 and 4, plus 150. <clears throat> Excuse me. This fight's really tough. This is a really tough fight to pick for me. Cowboy surprises me a lot. Mike Perry, you kind of know what you're going to get with Mike Perry when he comes in. He's going to throw some bombs. Not great on the ground. Cowboy's very good on the ground. Cowboy's also a lot stronger than I think people give him credit for. I've seen him really muscle dudes down. He used to fight at 155. He's muscling guys down at 170. Talented, talented dude. Good striking myself. Myself. Um, God, this is tough to pick. Mike Perry, I don't think is with Jackson, at least for this camp. Him and his lady broke up. A little little personal here story. Him and his lady broke up. He moved to Jackson's. Wanted to start a camp in Vegas. Got out of Orlando. Went to Jackson's. Fell in love with Frankie Lester. Wanted to take Frankie Lester to Vegas with him. Frankie didn't leave Jackson's. He's you know he's a head coach over there with some of the best fighters in the world. So he got back with his girl, and I think he's doing this camp in Orlando. Now is that a bad thing? No, can't nothing nothing bad about coming from a smaller camp. But Mike Perry against Paul Felder was one of the best Mike Perry performances we've ever seen. This fight can't go to the mat, right? It can't. This is in Florida. Mike Perry's from Florida. He's he's thinking violence. I'm picking Mike Perry. <laughs> I don't love it. A lot. 53% people are picking Oliveira. I can see why. I do think he's the more talented fighter. Um, and I think he's he's good to get the fight to the ground. He has to, I think. But just something about Perry that I like in Florida with those fucking bombs. I just, I just something I fucking like about it. All right, next up, you got Greg, the woman beater, the piece of shit, long horse face Hardy, who's 3-1, minus... 325 favorite versus Dimitri. God, I don't even know what this fucking name is. Dimitri Smolinov. Smolinkov. Smelinov. He's a plus 245 underdog. Um, it's quite simple, people. Um, I I have a strong distaste for Greg Hardy. I know it's 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 the woman thing, right? He he beat a woman, which is forget not unforgivable, but the way he goes about it. And the way he carries himself, I don't like him. The offer's still on the table for me to fight him. I'll fight him right. I'll fight him tomorrow. I don't fucking care. I'll fight him right now. I don't like Greg Hardy. Do I think he's going to win? Yes, because they're giving him a fucking tuna can. They're giving him a guy. Only way he can win the fight is to get it to the ground. Greg Hardy's going to come out like he does hard. And this guy's not going to be able to take it like a fucking Crowder could. And then Greg's going to get a knockout. 
Why is he code main event? I have no idea. I hope and pray Greg Hardy gets fucking smoked. I, I, I want him to get hurt. And I want him not to be co-main event of a fucking card anymore. Um, I'm taking Smelling off. I don't. I have no idea who he is. I believe this is UFC debut. I can't remember. He's a plus two forty five underdog. I'll take the money. I probably won't bet on him, but maybe I will. Okay, yeah. So he's fought in the UFC twice. He's fucking zero and two, KO'd by Sarah Asker, who's a two hundred five pounder, and Luis Henrique submitted him. So. Yeah, this is just, he's 9-0 outside the UFC in Russia or something versus fucking nobodies. I, this is what I don't like. They're trying to build Greg Hardy as a star. They're giving him softballs. Like Alan Crowder was supposed to be a softball, and Alan Crowder was eating his punches and said, fucking bring it on. And then the illegal fucking need him got out of the ass whipping. I think that was a way out for him. And now they're giving him this guy. I hope this guy wins. It's got to be my favorite fighter in the entire world. But, you know, I'm picking the underdog. Play the fucking music. I hate talking about Greg Hardy. I just, I don't like it. Anyway, main event time. I know we're, we're going over. How, how late are we at? How late are we at here? All right, so we're a little over an hour. Oopsies. Main event, Jacare Souza. Jacare Souza is 26 and 8. Let me see what that says. 26 and 6. I can't read. He's minus 220 favorite versus Jack Hermanson, who's a plus 160 underdog. Jack Hermanson is 19-4. Hermanson is looking great lately. Souza, I will say this. I'm, I'm going to try to keep this short. I'm picking Jacare to win. I think Jacare is an absolute beast. However, he has overlooked guys before. This was supposed to be Yoel Romero. That fell through. Yoel had pneumonia. Only high athletes like myself, rip dudes like Yoel and myself, get pneumonia. Jack Hermanson is not a guy to fuck around with. He's very good on the ground. His ground and pound, I think, is some of the best in the division. If Jacare gets to the ground and gets on his bottom, as great as he is at jiu-jitsu, I think that's going to be a problem. Jacare is going to keep this fight standing. He's very powerful. If it goes to the ground, he's on top. Look out. But if Hermanson goes to the ground, he's on top. Look out. It's going to be a very interesting match here. Hermanson, this is a huge step up for him. Don't know if he's ready for it yet, if I'm being quite honest with you. Jacare has a title on the line. A title shot online, excuse me. If he wins, Dana said he's next for Whitaker Adesanya. Um, and I think he's going to go out there. I think he's going to get it done. I think Jacare is going to win probably by knockout. Maybe TKO stoppage. Maybe a drop to uh, a finish on the ground by submission or something like that. So there it is. I appreciate you guys indulging me. Ran a little long. I'm sorry. I kept saying there's not a lot to talk about. And I went an hour and 10. But we fit two podcasts in one. So not too bad. Um, I will talk to you guys next week. Hopefully, I'll have Chris on next week. I'm going to text him probably this weekend, see if we can set something up, maybe record on the weekend. And then I will have, um, there's a big UFC next Saturday, I believe. I believe it's Cowboy and, uh, what's his face? Cowboy and um, Aya Quinta is May 4th. So, we'll have probably two next week. We'll see how the Chris interview shakes out or Chris coming on. So, that's it. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't seen me kick Steve yet, go to my Instagram and watch me kick the fuck out of his leg. All right.